Eagle looking great. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys Horror in Space. October in or space. Terror. I'm having a hard time reading this movie poster. Nizo Spazio. I think that's what that says. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a butchered Italian there. Here on the Sci-Fi Wise Guys, we watch and review science fiction and science fiction adjacent movies, television shows, visual entertainment, media. Generally, if it's got moving pictures, people talking, and maybe some um, dubbed over in- lines in English, uh, we're going to hear talk about it. How you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm your host, Anthony. And I'm the other host, Chris. There you go. We nailed it. <laughs> this is we nailed it. This, you're gonna you're gonna love editing this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna make you start paying someone else <laughs> every time you mess one up, and I have to like go through it and butcher it. Do we just make it good? I'm just gonna like you know what? You pay this guy in Fiverr to give me to just do all the hard parts. I'll go do through just, and do, do it. Just have a, a like a whiteboard. Just turn. And... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh, Yes, so this is Horror in Space Month, our theme for this October. Uh, we're watching horror film, science fiction, horror in space. Uh, you asked how I'm doing. I'm doing really well, Christopher. Excellent. Drink coffee again, huh? I just have to have a little cup so I can get through this conversation with you. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, I, uh, I, I got to say a little bit of whiplash, I think, uh, with our... Uh, with the movie we just watched oh. for today's episode, yes, compared to the last thing we recorded, uh, which was Event Horizon, there honestly, there's some similarities that I'm I'm really excited to get into. But man, could they not feel more different? Yeah, like I think while Event Horizon intentionally serious in every oh, yeah. single stretch of the imagination, like I don't think there's one unintentional comedic moment in that entire movie. And I've seen it a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, and I think this movie that we watched, Planet of the Vampires, Italian Terror Nello Spazio, literally Terror in Space. Mm-hmm. It's a 1965 Italian Spanish science fiction horror film produced by Fulvio Luciano, Luciano, directed by Mario Bava, that stars Barry Sullivan and Norma Bengel. While Dude, I think just that, look at this poster. Yeah. Well, I think that in 1965, this movie was in was meant to be serious. Oh, sure. Absolutely. It certainly has not aged in such a, uh, in, in such a way that means it's always serious. Um, sure. But, uh, <laughs> sure. I, I, I like this. the one on Wikipedia as well. Uh, that one's great. I like that one. Uh, this, yeah, let's see if I can zoom. That one looks like, okay, uh, it gets so small. Yeah. That one the looks quality like quality is horrible. Galactus from the second fantastic. Look, movie. look, it's like, uh, like Aurora Borealis in space, but it's the shape of a skull. That's awesome. Yeah. I also have uh, this poster. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. I feel like, I mean, like looking at this print, this is obviously done way later. Like, I don't feel like this came from 1965. But it looks man. like a Farscape type face. Almost, right? Is that me? No, that's it's pretty cool. It's, it's, well, it's got two different fonts going on here. It's got the uh, Stargate typeface and then the maybe the farscape are you looking up farscape right now yeah it's um is it close uh or did you make that up farscape is like a like a weird futuristic art deco typeface and this one is not oh yeah okay i can see when are we doing the farscape review 
don't tease me like that. <laughs> How much time you got, buddy? <laughs> yeah, look, this is uh, it's a little more straight. You're right; it's yeah. not quite, it's not quite there. Let's uh, let's get some facts out of the way. Uh, like you mentioned, it's from 1965. Uh, this is officially the oldest film that we've reviewed on the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. I mean, typically we stick to kind of straight to stream or B movie offerings. Uh, this is obviously. I, mean, I, I guess I, I, I want to call it a B movie. It's still a B movie, I guess. But it's it did release to theaters in 1965. It had a budget that is higher than lots of other movies we see or, or review. Man, this movie made money. Um, yeah. Let's see. A blurb on IMDb. After landing on a mysterious planet, a team of astronauts begin to turn on each other, swayed by the uncertain influence of the planet and its strange inhabitants. This has got a 6.2 out of 10. On IMDb, uh, if we go over to Rotten Tomatoes, it's got 73% fresh with a 52% audience score. I think it's pretty interesting that it's called The Demon Planet on, uh, <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's got multiple, uh, multiple names there. And I mean, even if we, if we go back to the, uh, that poster, the one that's showing on Rotten Tomatoes, we zoom in on that, you know, it even mentions who will rule, uh, who rule the Demon Planet. So there's, there's something going on there. Letterboxd has this thing sitting at a 3.2. So it's coming out to what a 6.4 out of 10. If we uh, extrapolate, you know, extrapolate, average or double it, I guess, to get to the 10 point scale. Um, and then if we remember that we're supposed to also pull up Metacritic, uh, we'll find of, uh, Google users like this movie. What was that percent again? 84%. I don't see it on Metacritic. Uh, which makes sense because of how old it is. Uh, I'm doing another search just to be sure. Try the Demon Planet. Well, it should pop up with uh, alternate. <laughs> uh, Planet of the Vampires comes up with Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, uh, Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. That doesn't, I don't think that's related at all. Yeah, try the Demon Planet. I'll try the Demon Planet. Nothing. Oh, same with, oh, Demon nothing. Slayer? <laughs> Journey to the Savage Planet? Great game. So nothing on Metacritic, uh, but overall mixed to positive. It seems like maybe a little bit more uh, well critically received. And I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna challenge this, these ratings sure. a little bit. I think that if you are in the genre, these ratings are too low. Well, I, I think in 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 retrospect, like yeah. if, if you're just looking at this from a purely from a pure technical stance, 1965, mm -hmm. I think this movie accomplishes a lot of things. It does it fairly well. Oh um, yeah! Like I would, I would say that the six point two is way too low. But we'll get into that. Sure. Well, I mean, later, let's get into it later. Yeah. Later. Yeah. Well, this is um, a movie that you chose, but I did the intro. Yeah. So why don't you give me your initial thoughts and opinions? Mm. Uh, I, I mean, it, there's there's so many different ways to go about discussing this movie because there's a bunch of different lenses to see this movie through. Right. Color scope. Yeah. <laughs> it's in color scope. Uh, but talking about this movie from the point of view of someone in the year 2023 who's just catching a film and talking about this movie as someone who really enjoys science fiction and can see the obvious influences of things that come after it, they're just, they're just very, very different. This is very, very easy to make fun of because it is cheesy. It, is, it might be the cheesiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I've seen every episode of Gilligan's Island and every episode of Hercules, which are two very different types of cheese. I think my initial impressions are it's good, 
And if you're in the genre and you haven't seen this movie, like if you love movies like Alien or Event Horizon, we just mentioned, then you should watch this film. Like it, it's it's got some, you can see the influences. It wears them. I mean, they're very, very obvious. If you're not in the genre, this will bore you to death. <laughs> it will bore you to death. Uh, it obviously, and it has some, some issues uh, that arise from it being from 1965, especially in the eh, the behavior of some of the, the female um, crew members, just the general way that they talk to one another. Um, I did notice something something that I, I normally would get upset with a film for is saying things instead of showing them, but a lot of times they end up doing both. Well, I wonder which if that's is, the... I, that could be the Italian part of yeah, it. Italian I don't to English translation there, yeah. Yeah, because you can tell like some of these actors are speaking English because the lip sync war- syncs up and other times it, they are not. And this is an Italian made film. So you're absolutely right. Some of those complaints about the, 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 uh, the voices and the tone and, and everything could easily be from that. So it's hard to like really get into it. There's a lot of space on their spaceship, <laughs> like a lot of dead space. Like the bridge is mostly like a basketball court with some consoles around it. It's huge. Sure. It's yeah. massive. I don't know why it's massive. And the Foley for them walking on the metal of the spaceship doesn't match their footprints, their footsteps as it goes. And it kind of bugs me. It bugs me a little bit. Uh, (laughs) I, uh, I, 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 the opening sequences of this movie, I wrote down what I, um, my first idea for a title for this episode, maximum collar flip, all caps, (laughs) (laughs) just all the way, all the way past the ears. Uh, the next, the next title that I wrote down as a possibility was techno babble extreme, because there are a lot of words they use. I don't think they mean anything close to what they think they mean. It's uh, it's interesting. I don't know how they achieved some of the effects, like some of the lighting and whatnot. Like some of it I do, but like the, the ray gun effects are really well done. <laughs> they literally call them a field ray gun. Uh, the giant alien skeletons. Awesome. Oh like yeah. Just amazing like that those come in i was like this is this is very very impressive the makeup the makeup in this movie is awesome uh all of like the people who are mauled and you see some bones and whatnot that's that's really really cool uh looking up some stuff about this movie after the fact uh, mario bava the director is well known for his horror films so this is maybe a step in a, a slightly different direction for him although it's still definitely horror um and it shows it definitely shows but no, I guess overall I enjoyed it. I'm very happy I watched this. We found it randomly while looking up stuff for horror and space month. It wasn't like we were like, oh, we'll definitely watch that. It was something we'd really, I, at least I had never even heard of before we put on the list. I don't know if you had heard of it or anything. I, I, I feel like I have. Like yeah. um, when, I, when I was young, younger, when I, mm-hmm. when I was a child, uh, my dad would watch because, you know, we lived in a bunch of different countries but i remember in the philippines my dad would watch like the crappy or not i don't want to say the word the word crappy is wrong the low budget yeah. japanese like horror movies or whatever like i saw but like not not horror but godzilla i saw the original godzilla oh, yeah. film in the late 80s and uh, uh like i remember like i remember coming to america and talking about how godzilla had a kid and no one believed me they thought i was just making it up <laughs> and then y- many years later you know, there's that little bastard running around blowing smoke rings. <laughs> um, so I've always like had like a soft spot for movies like this. And it wasn't until I want to say my early to mid twenties when you introduced me to James Rolfe 
Oh, uh, yeah. The angry video game nerd and Cinemassacre. And he does this monster madness where like he loves these type of movies, these old, old horror movies. And I, I felt like he had reviewed this one, but I couldn't find it on his channel anywhere. And I looked pretty hard. But I, I love movies like this because there's a particular shot of this film when they're like walking towards not their spaceship, but the the one you're talking about with the giant aliens yeah, where yeah. there's just a camera on the ground and there's a, a miniature of that spaceship right in front of the camera. And he's shooting through like the landing gear to them far off into the distance. And I was like, wow, what yeah. an amazing way to capture that shot. I agree. A lot of the effects are great, especially for the time period. This movie yeah. had a $200,000 US, US dollar budget, okay? The highest grossing films in 1965 were as followed, top 10 order. Sound of Music, Dr. Mm -hmm. Zhivago, Thunderball, Those Magnificent Men and Their Flying Machines, The Great Race, That Darn Cat, Cat Baloo, What's New Pussycat, Shenandoah, and Von Ryan's Express. A lot of cats. A lot of cats. <laughs> Hell, maybe Cats was on Broadway at this point. Um, <laughs> Who knows? But Thunderball had a $9 million budget. Jeez. Okay. And this is 1965. Do the Sound of Music had an $8.2 million budget, and Dr. Shivago had an $11 million budget. So look, this had, I, I just put it into an inflation calculator. Two hundred grand in 1965 is $1.9 million in yeah, 2023. So, and and yeah. I'm not out here saying that this movie had better effects than The Sound of Music, which probably didn't have any effects really. Or, There's some gunshots, I um, think, near the end, yeah. And I don't think... Uh, they might have shot on location, I don't know. Or Thunderball. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying mm -hmm. it at all. But the fact that I wasn't even really able to tell the... Like, I didn't know that the budget was, quote-unquote, that low until I looked right. it up. I think it says a lot about the quality of this movie. Sure. I think this, the, the uniforms are probably the most impressive part, except for that the, the moment where... Um, homeboy lifts that leather strap on his <laughs> wrist for the communicator. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, okay, come on. You can, you know, maybe we didn't have to have the extra 10 square feet in the engineering <laughs> department. You could have spent a little bit more money on those wrist straps, but, um, I thought the uniforms were great. Um, very cool. The props were very cool. You're right. There is so much negative space on that spaceship. It, it like, what's really funny to me is when they're flying around in it, it reminded me of the planet express ship. Okay. A little bit from Futurama. And then that reminded me of the Jetsons. And then I <laughs> well, looked up. Yeah. And then I looked up the Jetsons. Uh-oh. I've already closed the tab. Uh, but the Jetsons came out in 1962. Yeah. And so, like, that is what they thought spacecraft would look like far into the sure. future is these long, swooping... Rockets. Yeah. Cylindrical or ovoid-shaped spacecraft. Very cool. Very interesting. No, I was uh, I, I was impressed the entire time I was watching this movie. I noticed the dubbing almost immediately. Oh well, yeah, because uh, yeah. like because I, I Mark Markey, Captain Mark, Mar Markery, Markery, whatever his name is, played by Barry <laughs> Sullivan. Can we? Um, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, his chief engineer Wes Wessent. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I I realized pretty immediately that he was an American actor, and then Sanya, played by normal Norma Bingell. Mm-hmm. Bingel, I'm not sure. She's an American actress. And then she the rest is of them absolutely not. But oh, she, keep going. Oh, she, well, I guess she did uh stuff in English. She did a, she was speaking English. Oh, she was absolutely um, speaking English, but she is she's Brazilian. Oh, okay. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> and then worked in Italy and then yeah. Yeah. Because she but, was big in Brazilian cinema for a long, long time until she she passed. 
I think almost everyone else was dubbed. Which almost, is, yeah. Which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Sure. Um, which has always made me like my, my, the original Dracula movie, which I went and saw with my nephew when it was re-released in theaters a couple years ago. Fun fact about that movie, Bela Lugosi didn't speak English as, like almost at all. He's Hungarian mm. or whatever. Or whatever, excuse me. Or whatever. Uh, but he would speak the English lines to the his castmates, and he wouldn't be able to understand what they were saying. So he just had to, you know, memorize what he was going to say and what they were going to say. And I feel like that's almost the same here. Maybe a few of them spoke English, but Italian was probably their primary Maybe. language. There's a lot of... That movie 47 Ronin that came out a few years mm-hmm. ago, there was a lot of critics that were... in that. It's like, I don't want to, they, they, I guess they criticized the filmmakers for like focusing on some of the Japanese actors mouths because they're like, if they're not comfortable speaking English, just have them speak Spanish or not speak, have them speak Japanese. Yeah. Spanish. And then subtitle yeah. it, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I get, but sure. it just, it makes me wonder how often that actually happens when, when dubbing is done in a much better way, you know what I mean? Or maybe they just have them speak the lines in English and they dub over them. So it looks less broken. Maybe, um, but yeah, some of it I feel like was because uh, I, I definitely noticed some dubbing. Like people are speaking English, but there's uh, recording over it with sure. new English lines. So it could just be the quality of the sound stage, that type of sure. thing too. Yeah, yeah. We well, can give, give the plot away here a little bit. Oh there's, yeah. Well, there's... before you before you do that, I did want I did pull up a picture of these uniforms with their extreme collars. Yeah. Look at these things, man. They're great. I love them. Like, is, I almost, I kind of want one. <laughs> me too. Like, and when he, like, he unzips the pouch and pulls out the key card or whatever out of his pouch, I was just like, man, like this, these things, like they make sense. They're, they're futuristic flight suits. And I like that the other ship had red accents or like red badges yeah, and stuff. Little, yeah. 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 Just a little bit different. It's pretty cool. So give the plot away a little bit. There's two spacecraft. I don't know what they're doing. They're exploring. They're exploring. Yeah. They're traveling to these they're traveling to a planet for unknown reasons and they crash land and then everyone just starts trying to fight each other and as it turns out they've landed on a planet where there's a life form that exists in a different vibrational frequency (laughs) okay but can act almost like a parasite and infest another human body or, or infest a humanoid body as long as it's consensual because these aliens are all about consent apparently yeah, we'll totally take over your host, but um, only if you're cool with it. Yeah. I think uh, they can't if it's not like invite, <laughs> like the mind isn't open to it or something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But then um, some hijinks ensue. Spoilers in three, two, one. I've got an idiot of the movie coming up. Oh, uh, for sure. Mark Marky or whatever his name is. Marky Marks. No, I just think like plot aside, like the plot's nonsensical in almost every sense of the word. Um, yeah. A lot of the decision making is really weird, but I get you're stranded on a planet. You're 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 not sure what to do. But I think like the the story itself is actually really interesting. Like there's these aliens. Like I I feel like this is a Star Trek episode. Aliens yeah. that make you come to them. They crash your ship and then almost force you to get off your planet. In fact, I think they made a movie out of it. Um, they, so. they invented a stepbrother or a <laughs> half brother, uh, just for the whole point of that movie. But um, as it turns out, it, it it then becomes less a like a invasion of the body snatcher situation to like more of the thing. Yeah, and then uh, these aliens then discover Earth, 
And now, well, yeah, that's the biggest spoilers, I think. Yeah, at the end, that's a pretty. I actually enjoyed that twist at the end. Yeah, I was like, so they're they're not Earthlings? What? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm a little upset we gave it away. Um, oh, edit it out then. No, I won't. I don't. <laughs> I'm a, you. You already messed it up the beginning. I'm not going to edit this. Fair. Um, no, I agree. Like, like it, it's a little nonsensical, but it it's still like I don't know. I think it flows. Some of the decision making is a bit odd, but looking at it through the lens of what is that? 80 years ago? No. 60. 60 years ago? Wow, I cannot. I like, it's like 1960 to 2000 is 60 years. That's how my brain went. Not true at all, everyone. Uh, I review films, not math. Yeah, 60 years ago. I mean, maybe it's just it's just different. It is, you know, it's interesting. And I, I, I'm trying not to view it through the lens of like a modern, my modern lens says that this movie is a little problematic. And um, it's a bit, it's a bit odd, but I like it. I think there's some bad science in there. And not only is there bad science, like you can make stuff up. You know what I mean? Like, the, like it's science fiction, right? Science fiction, fantasy, horror. You can do anything you want if you need a plot device for something. So they needed a, a countdown, right? How long can we stay on this planet? And they're like, oh, we can stay here three days. But if we stay any longer than that, we'll be the orbit will pull us out of reach of where we need to go, which doesn't make any sense. Like it's a translation. Like I, you think so? I well, don't know. No, I mean like, like when Homeboy was writing the script, mm, whatever he said originally didn't make it. Maybe. Yeah. Because the planet moving slightly further away doesn't impact your ship. They can obviously travel it faster than light speeds. Yeah. Uh, and if it does, uh, you could just wait because yeah. uh, in a year, depending on the, the orbit of the planet, I suppose it'll. It's well, I mean, like the, the like, orbit goes and then it comes back. If it's so, like on a, if they were landed like on a moon, yeah, right, and yeah, the yeah, yeah. moon is orbiting another planet, sure. and that moon has an elliptical orbit, mm -hmm, right, mm -hmm. and so it, it it passes so far like outside of the gravity well, like maybe they can't, then they can't use that gravity well to slingshot. Sure, that's what I'm around. saying. It's like they could have, yeah. they could have techno babbled their way out of it. They could have come with anything else. I think that was the one piece where I was like, that's odd. <laughs> that's I don't think that's yeah. true at all. Also, um, I'm going to go ahead and give away my idiot of the movie. Okay. Are you I'm ready? Are you ready? Mm -hmm. my, my idiot of the movie is Sonya because she goes on a derelict alien ship full of dead aliens, <laughs> sees a glowy button, is like, you know what? I'm going to touch it. I'm going to touch it. <laughs> then she gets shocked with 200 volts, whatever that. Okay. And um, that's just, just dumb. Like, yeah, no, it's real dumb. And then, and then later, when they're on the other quote unquote human ship, right they're getting the meteor the, they're getting the shield system back right the meteor deflector or whatever she's standing guard watching him do it instead of you know turning around and actually standing guard i was like i was just looking at her like what are you doing why are you just watching him work start guarding and then she gets snuck up on yeah by like the like in the most lazy way so she's definitely my idiot of the movie through and through no my my idiot of the movie is captain mark markinson malarkey for one completely legitimate reason. So they crash land on this planet. They go to the other ship. They find a bunch of dead people, mm -hmm. right? They're like, oh, oh crap. And, and and when they landed, they all tried to kill each other, right? So obviously there's something there that's messing with them. Takes no precautions, really. Oh, everyone just, everyone has to watch each other. Oh, because that's going to solve the problem. Everyone he leaves alone disappears. We never yeah. know what happens to him. And then the only two survivors from the other ship that he ever finds, he just invites them on in. Come on. 
Grab a bunk. Get you some chow, man. You know, we're, we're out of yeah. here in a couple days. Doesn't guard them. Nothing. And lo and behold, surprise, surprise, they've been infected by vampires, quote unquote vampires. I don't know. Just like idiot. Mark's an 100%. idiot. His brother's an idiot. Everyone on the ship's an idiot, but he's the captain. So he's he's responsible for all the so, other idiots. But yeah, no, like, and just uh, like when all the weirdness happened, when Tiana is like, oh, I saw that guy. Yeah. Like I saw, like he was dead and he was alive. And they're just like, yeah, you must be imagining that. No, yeah, bro, I imagined when you tried to strangle me 20 minutes ago. That's what I remember. Well, that's also the whole like... <laughs> You know, she goes into hysteria or whatever. Yeah. The, the portrayal of the female um, characters is a bit on the nose for 1965, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised you didn't slap her and ask her to make him a martini. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit much, um, which is interesting because um, Sonia is she's the same way. She's prone to it, I suppose, would be the way you'd put it. But she's still like shoots a bunch of dudes and is yeah. generally competent besides the, you know, the idiocy i know uh, a few <laughs> scenes there so uh what i would like to talk about a little bit more is mario baba sure also known for a bunch of sword and sandal movies which is really kind of cool which i guess are big like so in in different cultures you know you focus on your mythology right like in america made a lot of westerns in england and in europe and in france and germany like they make a bunch of well, um medieval movies right about i mean kings and queens uh, and stuff like that sure but were our westerns made in america or isn't that the whole point of a spaghetti western is that it was made in italy no i no, i'm talking like like john wayne western style oh, or whatever sure. so for this guy being italian made a lot of sword and sandal movies which is i think really really neat so wes weskin which is <laughs> great his imdp picture makes me laugh because it's just him in the Colossus of Rhodes from 1961. Um, oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. Which is about uh, a holidaying in Rhodes, an Athenian war hero becomes involved in two plots to overthrow the tyrannical king. Cool. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, I'm sure this is true for a lot of modern day directors, but this guy was 65 and made so many movies. Like he made a movie. He was uncredited cinematographer in 1998. Mm -hmm. for a movie called rabid dogs this dude's like filmography is amazing he directed 39 movies was a cinematographer for 79 wrote 21 and was the special effects artist on 36 of them it's just crazy that he was he was like yeah i'm gonna make these movies about gladiators in ancient rome and ancient greece i'm also gonna make movies about vampires in outer space no why not? Um, and maybe in the early 60s, or maybe in the 60s, you know, when he was making movies, you could do that. And who knows? I mean, I don't know what it was like in the Italy. Right. The Italian movie-making business. Uh, but I mean, just for, for Planet of the Vampires, he Mario Bava directed. He has a writing credit. See if he's listed anywhere else here. Not seeing it. Special effects. Uncredited. Yeah. So yeah, he's got, definitely got his uh, his fingers on a lot of pies. Yeah. No, it's just I, very cool. It's really cool. I, I, looking at I me, mean, like he, like you said, he made a lot of stuff from the '40s through the '70s. Obviously, very talented. We, we didn't. I mean, I, I, looking through his list, it's obviously he loves he loves horror. There's a lot of horror in here, just based off the names: The House of Exorcism, Lisa and the Devil, A Bay of Blood, Bear of Blood, Hatchet for the Honeymoon, Knives of the Avenger, The Evil Eye, Danger. Black Sunday, <laughs> Diabolic. 
<laughs> Lust of the Vampire. So I don't know if there's going to be anything else that we could watch of his for the podcast in the future, but we should look up some of his contemporaries. Uh, we, we should do more old science fiction, especially if it hits any sort of uh, theme we're doing. Just to mix it up every once in a while. I have requested on more than one occasion uh-huh. we watch Metropolis, which oh. is widely considered the very first science fiction movie. First big one for sure, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I would be down to put that on the list. So this was based on an Italian short story. 21 Hours of Terror, right? Uh, one Night of 21 Hours by Renato okay. Pest... Oh my goodness. Pestrinero, I'm going to say. Pestrinero. Um, I, f- I found one translation of this no i did not i, I mean i found where where the translations are but the, i can't find them to actually get them if that makes sense yeah so I, I i don't know how and obviously this the writer of the short story isn't credited for the screenplay or the original story adaptation or anything so i don't think he was involved in this at all he's still alive is he really yeah nice is he still pumping out italian uh, science fiction short <laughs> stories uh, Let's look him up. Renato Pestrinero. Let me uh, butcher his name a few more times. His last release that I can see was 2006. I'm looking up. on. I looked him up on Amazon. See? Mm, I don't know. I don't know what this is. It's in Italian. Yeah. It's all in Italian. It's not a lot going on here, but it's mostly science fiction. Look at look at this. The artwork on this, uh, whatever this is. French edition from 1987. I, I don't know how to pronounce this. Let me, let me pull that up. Look at that. Giant lizard. Yeah, riding the giant lizard. That's really cool. Really, really cool. Yeah, his last book, his last thing. Apparently, it's called C E Verificado un Error, which mm. roughly translates to "an error occurred." Interesting. When I look him up, it pulls up the Italian Wikipedia. Let me see if I can force this page yeah. in English. Nope. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he does not have an English Wikipedia page. Does have an Italian one, so that is interesting. Well, this was a lot of fun, man. I'm glad we got this. This almost feels like a little bit of a palate cleanser. Like, so we just watched Event Horizon, and then we're about to watch Alien. <laughs> I mean, and I say that. We're actually we're recording these. We're also reviewing Lower Deck Season 4 as it comes out. So we'll have, I think that's technically the next thing we'll record, or that, that'll be a live stream. But as far as uh, the, the mainline episodes go, the next thing we're watching for horror in space is Alien. Probably the, the thing most people think of when they think horror in space, they probably go right to Alien. So we're putting it right in the middle of the month. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, if you all have suggestions for other science fiction we should watch, classic or otherwise, you can email us, sci-fi-wiseguys at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on all the socials. I say all. Let me list them. Uh, we're on Twitter or X or whatever. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Threads. We're on Blue Sky sci-fi wise guys you'll find us there you can dm us or just add us or whatever it is on that particular platform and we'll get the message stay healthy stay hydrated and uh don't trust survivors from a wrecked ship where everyone killed themselves yeah i think that's i think that's solid i think that's solid thanks guys bye My new favorite type of customer Uh-oh. at work is the type of customer who opens a support ticket, goes back and forth with support. Support says, okay, this is what you need to try. And they say, okay, I'll try it. And then six months later, they come to me and I'm like, oh, what, how, what happened to the support ticket? And they just ignored support. And yeah. then they're mad six months later that things aren't fixed.
Oh no, what a surprise. <laughs> oh, the consequences of your own inaction. 